I'm claiming the right to introduce Randy and Laura for the main reason. Well, I mean, we could just let them walk up, but but I really want to remind everybody there is a tray on the back table there, a plate uh, for if you'd like to give a gift towards them and their ministry. It's back there, and we're used to doing that. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about deja vu because I clearly remember Randy and Laura sitting in that exact spot, but there were these two girls with this long, flowing red hair with them, and I found out today that one of them has five children <laughs> now, and the other one's going to turn 30, and I'm the younger one, and I'm going, how can that be? Uh, but you know what it made me think is, and this is kind of an introduction for Randy and, and, and Laura, but it's also uh, a statement. By the way, when we took Randy on, he was our third missionary named Randy, and someone asked me, is that a qualification <laughs> here? Uh, because we have Randy Anderson and Randy Hoffman, and... Uh, Anyway, um, I forgot what I was going to say about you, and it was good. Oh, um, for those of you who, who don't know Randy and Laura, uh, this is your chance to get to meet them. But, but for those of us who have been here longer, and you remember uh, their girls, and, and I'm sure you were here once or twice with your boys before they were adults. I, I, it's like, I, I don't have that picture in my mind, but... Uh, um, when, when missionaries come here, uh, don't think of them as these strange people who've temporarily escaped from the savages to come give a report. They're friends coming home, and, and friends who get to come share. And, and uh, if they are not already friends that you've met before and you're looking forward to hearing from them again, uh, get that, that idea planted so that next time that's what it will be. So, so Randy and Laura are serving with Ethnos 360, formerly New Tribes Missions. They serve in I want to say Roach, Missouri, but is it Roach or is it something else? Is Roach. So, uh, so you know, it's it's, it's memorable. <laughs> I, I I write Camdenton. That's what that's what Camdenton. It must be the nearest big town. Okay, so we'll go with that because, <laughs> and they serve at the training center there. And Randy works with the off grid center, and Laura works as registrar at the school. And if you guys want to just make your way up here, and uh, I will hand this off to Laura. Randy, we've got you mic'd up. And when it's time to show your slide, you can just turn that off. Okay. Yeah, we can go ahead and turn that off. So I'm going to do my very best, but I talk with my hands, and I'm going to have to hold the mic with one hand, so bear with me. <laughs> if I swing it around, so sorry. <laughs> so this morning, I have a question for you guys. Does God know who you are? Individually, by name? Of course he does. Matthew 10.30 says, And even the very hairs on your head are numbered. Sounds like he knows you really well. Well, there are close to 8 billion people in the world today. And around 3 billion of them have never had the chance to hear about God and his love. And unlike my paper dolls, these are not just faceless nameless. They're not just a mass of people. God is aware of and cares about each one of them by name. Matthew 18, 14 says, he's not willing that 
any should perish. And that's what Ethnos 360 is all about. Taking the word of God to least reached people groups wherever they may be found. So this morning, we'd like to share a bit of our story of engaging on the edge. Well, you know how certain sights, sounds, smells can immediately take us back in our memories to other times? Well, that happened to me last summer. Our washing machine died, <laughs> but luckily our campus where we work and serve has a couple of laundry areas for our students, but it's not an area I typically go into. In fact, never, usually. So off I went, hauling my baskets of dirty laundry to the wash house, and I pushed open the door, and immediately it took me back to when we were training to be missionaries. Being nervous about stepping out in faith, but still being excited to see where God would take us and what he would do. Almost 30 years ago, we began our journey into missions. And you guys have been a part of that from the very beginning. Randy and I have been going through the Bible this year. We're in Isaiah and Jeremiah right now. But many times, all through the Old Testament, God speaks about placing stones of remembrance. Those are things to mark what God has done. So we don't forget them. Things that maybe changed our lives, our thinking, maybe our course. They aren't one-of-a-kind things. They can be very, very different. They can mark quiet truths, momentous events, great triumphs, as well as tragedies. But they are all about God's faithfulness. Those stones are so we don't forget, but also so we can point others to God. And we each have those places of stones of remembrance in our lives. We built some of ours together here with you before we left Washington. And then our paths diverged, all of us moving on to what God had next. Others of you have since joined this path and are now building here. But all of us are adding stones of remembrance to what is and has always been God's story and God's plan. So when I walked into that wash house last summer, I stumbled into one of my stones of remembrance. But actually, I think God just walked me right into it because it was good to remember and to realize again that, yes, I do still feel that same excitement about what God has for us. But, you know, stones of remembrance aren't just for remembering the past. They're to encourage us to faithfully push ahead into the future. And, yep, nearly 30 years later, we are still taking the next step in faith. So what does that actually look like in our lives? Well, for over 75 years, Ethnos 360, formerly New Tribes Mission, has been focusing 
on sharing God's truth with least reached people groups around the world. Ethnos 360 serves in 20 plus countries, the plus being closed access countries, so we can't give out the exact number. But some of the 20 countries I can mention are Papua New Guinea, Thailand, Mexico, Senegal, Colombia, Mozambique, Greenland, Bolivia. In 2021, there were Ethnos 360 missionaries working in 258 people groups. And in that same year, 119 New Testament translations were in progress. And just this past year, the gospel was presented for the very first time in four people groups. And the last one was just in August. So just imagine later this afternoon that you are dropped off in the middle of a remote location in an ethnic group whose language and culture you do not speak or understand, you don't know their worldview, you don't understand anything about them yet, you'll be living there, and your job is to share the gospel with this people group. Where and how would you start? How will you communicate? How will you practically live there? How will you stay healthy to complete your work? How could there possibly ever be a thriving church and well-grounded believers here in this place? Those and thousands of other questions would be racing through your mind. Well, that's where we come in. We minister at Ethnos 360 Training Center, teaching and equipping the next generation of missionaries. During their time here, these missionary trainees have the opportunity to learn how to learn a new language, how to begin to understand a culture different from their own, how to live and function in less than ideal settings, and how to clearly lay out God's story from creation through Christ and then through the New Testament. There are classes on culture and language acquisition and Bible translation, simple living, solar power, water purification, health, Yes, and classes on getting along with coworkers, <laughs> classes in what it means to live the Christian life. Two years worth poured into their lives. They finished their training with a Bachelor of Arts degree in intercultural studies. Over the past 24 years, Randy and I working in Oregon and now Missouri and our team that's you and us together, have helped in training over 700 future missionaries. These people are serving around the world in various ministries and jobs, and it is a great joy for us to follow many of them in their lives. In the picture, you'll see, circled in red, BJ and Jill Sanders. They are from Arkansas, and have three children, and they are living and ministering in the Wantakia tribe in Papua New Guinea. John and Jen Myers are circled in blue, and they are from here in Washington. And with their kid, three kids, 
they are serving in the Kaji tribe in a different region of Papua New Guinea. Both of these families have been working in very remote locations where their people groups live for about eight years. They have learned the language and culture, translated scripture into the language of their people, and shared the gospel, starting at the very beginning. And there are now believers in both of those tribes, and the churches there are growing in maturity. The Wantakia tribe, where BJ and Jill serve, just finished construction on their first ever church building <laughs> this summer, just this summer. And this update came from BJ and Jill in early September, and I'll quote what they said. Began, quote, Our church told us that they were ready to start Bible study back up. They told us that they find themselves listening to their sin skins, their flesh, if they just meet on Sundays. Too much time passes without meeting together. So we started it back up, and we are studying Ephesians. Hopefully, this little church in Wantakia encourages you not to give up meeting together. Also note that this is why we teach literacy first. We involve everyone in reading the scriptures and asking the questions. End quote. So over the years, you all here at Trinity have been praying with us for both these families and their two tribal groups, as well as many others. And your prayers are being answered in amazing ways in many lives. We live and serve on the campus of Ethnos 360. It's 352 acres located on Lake of the Ozarks in central Missouri. We have 75 students this year. They come from Bible-believing churches all over the U.S. and several foreign countries as well. And they come from many different walks of life. Over the years, we've been involved in many aspects of the training, teaching, mentoring, campus management, leadership, child care. But specifically right now, I'll share what we do. A year ago, I took on a new position as registrar of our campus. It's not what you might consider glamorous missionary work, but it is a very necessary function. I communicate with all our incoming students, making sure they have all the information about our program and all the ins and outs of living and training here, which you can imagine includes tons of questions. <laughs> and I'm responsible for the paperwork for all our foreign students, as well as the paperwork for, through the Veterans Administration for any veterans that are using our program um, and using their GI Bill. And it can be a bit intense at times. And you guys have been praying for me, so keep it up. I appreciate it so much because it's been such a huge learning curve. I'm also in charge of our logo store on campus where we sell all kinds of items, cups, hats, shirts, with our Ethnos 360 branding. And we got the capability set up to take credit cards. So another huge learning curve for me. <laughs> My brain has been really stretched and several times these past few months, I have definitely thought, is this crazy? I don't see this working. But God isn't in a box and he can use us in ways we never expected. 
and I am enjoying being involved in such a vital, hands-on aspect of our campus. Randy is the director of Off-Grid Tech, which is the branch of our mission that deals with solar power, water purification, and many areas of technology that help missionaries in remote locations be able to function more effectively. He works with a team of five other missionaries. They are so vital in the areas of teaching and training and equipping, as well as hands-on manufacturing and setting up systems and equipment. They just completed a new building last year on our campus that will allow them the room to serve missionaries more efficiently around the world, as well as students on our campus. So I uh, apologize for the technicalities. I don't know what happened to the pictures on that PowerPoint, but uh, they're not playing right. And as you can tell, uh, no pictures is not worth a thousand words. So <laughs> um, I was counting on that. But anyway, that's how it goes sometimes. So in 1998, after our training, we uh, were asked to come to Baker City, Oregon. Uh, we had originally planned to go overseas, and we were actually headed to Venezuela, and we got asked to go to Baker City, Oregon. And uh, I think that was had something to do, uh, well, one, with the Lord leading us that way. But also my background, growing up on a ranch and... Uh, learning lots of things from mechanics to uh, just fixing things, all that kind of thing. And then just running that was also gave me the some administ well, I had some administrative abilities, but they asked us to come back there and I ran the campus, the work detail program, and uh, teaching some different classes. And another thing that you always get thrilled about is we had jungle camp, and Laura and I led that for several years. Take the students up in the mountains for six weeks and give them some poles and plastic, and they build a house, and, and they uh, learn to, to uh, exist with less than what they're used to. And so that's just to equip them, because overseas you have less, obviously. So there was a picture of a brand new building there uh, that we've just built as off-grid tech. And uh, we've been moving into that for two years now after we finally got it built. COVID and all those things caused a lot of strain in getting people to finish their jobs, getting supplies, and then just getting things moved. So we're excited because we've finally gotten that done. And it's a beautiful large building and we actually have more space than we need uh, because as we've moved everything from everywhere we found out that hey some of this stuff is obsolete so we've been getting rid of some of it garbage selling and uh, we're getting to where so anyway we have a lot of room and we're, we're finishing up there moving and uh, so it's just, it's been a blessing to have the adequate space to do what we do. And TECH is an acronym. It stands for Teaching, Equipping, Consulting, and Helping. 
And so teaching, the teaching part that Off-Grid Tech does, which is a ministry of Ethnos 360, and we exist there on the training center campus, and we do mainly solar stuff and clean and water. And so we're providing for the missionaries. So the teaching is, one, a class that we do for all our students. It's 36 hours worth where we show them what we have available to help support them on the field, uh, all, the, all the things that are available, all the way from refrigeration, fans, lights, charge controllers, solar panels, all that stuff. And then there is a period of that class where we actually walk them through labs and help them figure out how to put it all together. So it's like know what to get, know how to put it together. Now, there are some people, like my pastor up in, or our, the pastor from our home church up in Colville, he's a great preacher and might even be a good linguist, I don't know, but he's a good preacher. But don't ask him to set anything up, change your oil or anything like that, because he will surely mess it up. So we do have support on the fields. Uh, for our missionaries that they can often get help to do that kind of thing from people who are good at that. Also, we go over and help at certain times for those needs as well. The other class we do in the summertime, it's the same exact class, but we call it our summer seminar, and that gives the opportunity for other missionaries uh, to come in and take that training, ones who have never had it. And you'd say, well, why don't all your missionaries get it? Well, yes, but we at Off-Grid Tech serve, have served over a hundred other like-minded missions. And we say like-minded in doctrine and faith, and also that they have to be uh, helping or assisting the gospel to go out. So we've done uh, various kinds of projects. But in that summer training, we are uh, training those other, and Laura helps in the kitchen there sometimes because, you know, when you feed people good food at a training seminar, the training goes much better. So uh, those are uh, organizations like Missionary Aviation Fellowship, Friends in Action, Pioneers, Wycliffe, uh, and lots like that. The other class we also offer is a one semester long, and we call it our tech specialist class. And that's, we're training people who want to go overseas, and be, that would be their mission, uh, their ministry to help assist on the field, all the way from building to refrigeration to, to electrical, just helping support the missionaries and them getting set up and taking care of their stuff as they need. Like I said, the linguist may not be too good with that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm not good with language either, so it's a, it's a trade-off. And uh, so, okay, so then we get down, that's teaching, and then the E is equipping. And uh, I had some pictures of my granddaughters helping me count fuses out and get them ready. I had a picture of some... Uh, Boxes like this, which are a DC electrical box, and, and it used to be when this started, when I went there, that they were custom building for missionaries around, uh, that was in uh, 
we went there in 2006. So about that time, I was just getting going strong. And guess what? We can't keep up with the demand to help people if we build custom things for everybody. You guys that do a lot of stuff, you know you have to have multiple like items to be able to support them well and to have them ready to send out. So instead of building one of these, we'll build 20 at a time or whatever our past record dictates. So, and then we buy some of the equipment like charge controllers and inverters and you know electrical boxes and a lot of this stuff is built. We put it together, some of it we, like this box we made because uh, overseas it's, we do a lot of stuff closer to the equator, and guess what? There's lots of lightning, storms, and those power surges can be really rough on electronics, so we have to put good surge suppression and things like that in there. So, um, so just, uh, I told one fan story in Sunday school. Sorry you missed it, but I have another one. And that's when I went to Papua New Guinea, and I went into the uh, lowlands of, the, yeah, of Papua New Guinea, 95 degrees every day and the same amount of humidity. And when you're working the day, you can change three or four shirts. I don't know why, because they get wet <laughs> soon after you change them. Um, and so I wondered, how am I going to sleep tonight? Of course, missionaries adjust to this kind of thing. But when I lay down, guess what? On that bed, there was a four-inch little variable speed fan they had mounted up above the head. And, the, and I flicked it on and to blow on me, and it kept me cool and dry all night. Simply amazing. Guess what that does for you? Uh, one, you're not sweating, but you lay in bed and get a good night's sleep. Wouldn't we want our missionaries overseas to get a good night's sleep so they can do their work well the next day and be more more attentive? So that's just an example of uh, of the fans. And there's not uh, there's one here, but there's not too many fans in that. But we provide a number from ceiling fans to little tiny fans that uh, could help cool. So at at the beginning, see if the, it will advance. Okay, well, picture's gone, but anyway, it says shipping. Uh, there was a picture there of me in a 40-foot container. This last year, we did something special because of COVID and the delay in shipping. We put together that 40-foot container of only tech equipment. So we filled that up and that went to Papua New Guinea finally in January and now even as I speak, some of that equipment is being set up in villages and, and whatnot there. So normally the containers go with all kinds of stuff for missionaries, food, furniture, and so on. But, and then consulting uh, would be the C in tech. And that's just giving advice for new setups, troubleshooting problems. Uh, that's a large percent of what we do actually is helping with new and old. Just email, sometimes by phone or other ways. But um, also this year we're doing something fairly new on the campus. Try that one. 
Hmm. Okay, and um, that is called hydroponics. Some of you have heard of that. And we're doing a prototype there on campus. And there was a picture of about four rows with lights on them and kale growing. Yum, not. <laughs> but um, we, are, we are distributing that on campus. But it's a possible option for missionaries that need a business model to get into a closed access country. And so it's, it's a good one because it's something they can teach the people and it meets a real need, food. They can learn it and actually do the business on their own. So, And then to get to the H in tech is helping. Uh, on occasion, we get to go. I'm really hoping these pictures. Uh, oh, well. There is 100 solar panels. You see them here? Okay, going went up on that roof, and we were in Haiti for this project. I was just reading the news that Haiti is getting very dangerous to be in. There's a lot of of turmoil going on there. But anyway, this was a large church, uh, and a pastor had come to the U.S. and been trained. Was felt called back to Haiti, and asked us to come down and help set up their campus because they're we're out of power a lot of the times. So we went down and set up these Hunter solar panels, uh, rewired a lot of the campus, not all of it, because it had some, that we changed all their lighting to LED, uh, did some work on their pumps. And uh, the thing that got to me the most was when I was uh, putting new lights into their clinic. And the one, what they called a surgery room, was just a little room. And their main operating light was out. And they had one little light, not even as bright as one of these, in the surgery room. And then several of the other waiting rooms or just recovery rooms had no light at all. And um, it, was, it was very humbling. My doctor told me before I went there, whatever you do, don't end up in one of their hospitals. That's how we just take so much for granted for what we have and being able to get help and get treated and, and uh, yeah, very humbling. It was very cool to go help this church because not only did they have a clinic, they had a schools, and we call a schools, they were little buildings that were probably about 18 feet wide and about 25 feet long or something, numerous of them. They ran 800 kids a day through there in two shifts. At 400, they'd feed them, then they'd run another 400 through and feed them. Um, but it was there, and of course they were doing ministry they also had four church plants going out in the areas around. They understood how to plant a church, talked to the pastor, he understood about animism and folk religion and all these different things that you have to teach and get under. And pre, uh, You have to teach the truth to get rid of the untruth, and you have to do it in a way that you, where you understand their culture and what they're 
they're dealing with. It's the same today in everything, the culture of our youth and everything else. But So, uh, and then, um, okay. So I had this boy, and there's a picture of me with a water bottle. The water bottle is about that tall and about that big around, and it's a great water bottle. We got in contact with a water filter manufacturer in the U.S. He was the owner. He is the owner. And this filter takes out bacteria and viruses. Viruses are very difficult to deal with. We didn't believe it was possible at first, and uh, so that's how we ended. The salesman couldn't answer the question, so we got in touch with. Uh, this guy has invented most of the water filtration that we use in the U.S., like Brita and a number of other things. And uh, so he has he had some of these filters. They come in two forms. One form is sold in the U.S., but they're under contract with another company to distribute. He had another form that he was sending overseas. And uh, he said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to supply, help supply you with these filters. So we get them at a very, re at his cost, this connection, we get those filters at his cost, and they do do what he said they were going to do. They take out those things, plus many, a multitude of insecticides and different things out of the water. So this little water bottle, I recommend if you're going on a mission trip, Take it with you. We, I drink, I drink out of it all the time. When I go, at least you don't get sick from the water. I can't do anything about the food you eat, but like, why would I want to go overseas and be sick half the time I'm there if I can not be sick by drinking clean water? It's again, it's just uh, water around the world is is not great quality. If you've been on those trips, you may know that already. So that kind of thing. We've established a lot of great con contacts that the Lord has brought our way, like this water filtration thing. And, uh, and we're able to pass that on to our missionaries who are purchasing our equipment. So, um, okay, just uh, next. Is there any pictures at all left? I quit. Okay, huh? That's not even one of the ones. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> okay. I mean, I have a great team, and five of those six guys are my team. This is a salesman. So, how do we keep up with all these things? The changes in equipment, contacts with suppliers. One way is that we send some of our team to Solar Power International. It is a huge U.S. conference that's held every year. We go every other year because there's not that much new from year to year. But anyway, that's how we keep. We talk to engineers, meet salespeople, uh, discover new items, learn new ways that things are being done. And over the years, we've established many contacts with these companies, many big-name companies we have contacts with because we got in early on the early stages with them, uh, and we're getting some of their stuff. Now, 
to try and do that, they probably wouldn't even look at us because we don't do a large enough volume. But in the early days when they were small, they brought us in, so we're grandfathered into a lot of those. So again, another way for us to keep up on what's happening, to be relevant, uh, and so on. So we do get some discounts and, and things like that from that. So, okay, any other pictures? So Laura shared about Stones of Remembrance, and there's so many things that help us remember, tie together the whole story. Some of those for me in thinking back or getting acquainted with you here at Davenport, uh, interaction with Sunday school classes. Uh, your youth have been awesome at being a part, writing us letters at times, asking us questions. I don't know, do any of you know Dylan, John, Caleb, Jason, Jaken, Katrina, Megan, Rowan? Yeah, or some of you here? Okay, okay. These were, this was like about, yeah, five years ago or something, but we just recently got one from the, the Sunday school class currently, and uh, getting involved in our lives, and it's, it's really neat. But this high school group asks, well, they were college, they're college now. They ask all kinds of different questions. And uh, Jason, uh, he was working at camp, just wondering what God's plan was for his life, you know. So I said, Jason, that's a great experience working at camp and worthwhile being part of God's plan in other people's lives. So glad to read and see that you guys are involved in the camp and different things. Uh, you young people, keep it up. When we were your age, we thought we knew what we wanted to do in life, but would never have believed all the paths we have walked down since then. God has a way of charting our course in life as we listen to Him. So that's the main thing in all our lives, listening to what He has. I, I won't read all those, but that's just an example. Uh, friendships, like I say, a lot of those connections came through my brother Warren, uh, who's gone to be with the Lord nine years ago. So I think that's the last time we were in this area, actually. Uh, that's embarrassing to say that it was that long ago, but anyway, so so what's next? Okay. So that's when we moved to Washington in 1985, we didn't realize how much growing would take place in the next few years and how in 1993, we seven of us uh, in an old van and trailer loaded up, headed to Bible school with $3,000. Of course, there's a ton of stuff that brought us to that point. I don't have time for all that to share. But uh, by the way, we finished Bible school with 3000 I had no idea how we were going to make it through, but uh, we I did work part-time, and the Lord provided through churches, people like yourself. Uh, in fact, 
there are 37 years of memories and lots of stones laid along the way. In the end, we are grateful that they point to a faithful God. I, I just uh, it came, I saw this when you read the scripture this morning. It's in verse 20 of Matthew 28. It says, teach, teach these new disciples to obey all commands I have given you and then it says this, and be sure, in this translation, and be sure of this, I am with you always. He says that to all of us. And it's true, even to the end of the age. And so we serve a faithful God who uses people in various ways in our lives, and he gives us opportunities to be used in the lives of others. And as his children, we can all say that. So you are all missionaries, by the way. Um, you have an outreach wherever you are, working, living, and so on. So we're nothing special. Uh, we're just ordinary people like yourselves with the same problems, same kind of day-to-day uh, -day temptations, all these things. And so but he is faithful as we look to him and turn to him. So those are some of the more visible things, but some of the things that are not always so visible, and I thank you so much for this as your prayers, your encouragement, your financial support. It's helped enable us to function in the various things that we've done over the years and continues to help us. And like I say, you have played and continue to play a tremendous part in all that. One day as believers, we'll all sing together. You, believers from Papua New Guinea, which again, the picture was not there, and us, and uh, believers from around the world are going to rejoice, you know, from every tribe, tongue, and nation will be singing praise to the Lord and and so praise the Lord for that so that's uh, yeah in the day of electronics you just have to be prepared for anything and it, while it's disappointing hugely disappointing at least the verse God's word made it up there I don't <laughs> So I think that's all we have to, to share at this time. So.